to Aligned Mama Podcast. We're your hosts, Samantha Kapsick and Nikki Trout. And we're partnering up because we know motherhood is hard. Like really, really hard. (laughs) Really hard. (laughs) Get ready to equip yourself with practical tips and strategies to tackle daily trials, along with insights from expert guest speakers and relatable stories from other moms just like you. Join us weekly for advice, inspiring stories, and a supportive community of moms navigating the joys and challenges of motherhood together. Welcome back, mamas. Today, we are so excited to bring in a very special guest. His name is Jonathan Capstick, and he is Samantha Capstick's awesome husband. Um, I know we've mentioned it before early on in the podcast, but they have such an incredible marriage, and it is obvious to anyone who knows them. They're a great example of a Christian couple, and they are infatuated with each other. So we thought we'd bring them on, or I thought, Samantha just had to agree, and especially Jonathan. I don't know that he's so excited to be here. He's kind of dreading this. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to jump right in. But before we get into the details of your history and what you think makes a good marriage, we're going to do some warm-up questions. So just feel free to fire them in. So between both of you, who is the most generous? I don't know. I feel like we're both pretty, well, I don't know. I guess that doesn't sound very humble. But (laughs) we both try to live by like um, everything that God gives us is from him and not ours. And so if we feel it on our hearts to give, we just try to bless others. Um, And I think God's really blessed us for that. That's awesome. What is your favorite dish that your spouse makes? He does not cook. Oh, coffee. He brews me coffee in the morning sometimes. You cook a million different things, and I can't remember what any of them are, and none of them have names. Um, I will tell you, he really loves my stuffed chicken breaded Parmesan, or crusted, Parmesan crusted breaded chicken that's stuffed with artichokes and spinach. Everything she makes is amazing. Uh-uh. I have to admit, I kind of set you up, Jonathan, because I knew that she cooks and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> But when you have a wife like that, I, I wouldn't cook either. He does make bacon, though. So that's I'm so bacon. proud of you. I'm good at bacon. <laughs> yeah, he is. I'm probably better at her. Better, better than her. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> and okay. buffalo chicken wraps. Oh. oh, yeah. Every year on my Mother's Day and M- Mother's Day and my birthday, he gets me buffalo chicken wraps for breakfast. <clears throat> okay, next question. When you both are away from each other, who misses who the most? Definitely me. (laughs) I miss you way more than you miss me. I don't know. I do miss you a lot, but... I might have known that also, and I might have set you up. I think it's so sweet. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to do two more questions. Let's go. What is your spouse's biggest pet peeve? Tapping. He hates it when he gets, like, tapped on. No? You're giving me a weird look. What would you say your biggest pet peeve is? I don't know. Wet lilies are tapping. (laughs) I don't feel like that is the, the answer they're looking okay. for. <laughs> and I feel Samantha, like, you know, like okay. Like you do in your marriage, not okay. tapping me. And well, do you do wet willies to him? No, <laughs> I would die. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. What What's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, I don't know. When you leave the cabinet doors and all the drawers open. Okay, I never do that anymore. <laughs> 
I was just thinking that today. Like, I used to be really bad. Like, I would leave every drawer and every cabinet open. And then it's he... not that big of a deal, because I can come in the kitchen and close them all in like 10 seconds. But it's still like, why? <gasps> um, but I, I actually stopped. Are you doing that towards me? You're a recovering cabinet leaving over? I am. Over, I am. <laughs> also, I used to leave time on the microwave. And it kind of drove him crazy. I've been clearing it out. I don't yeah, know if you've happened. noticed. <laughs> so that's that at work. <laughs> so it's so cute to see how you guys have adapted. And without going into too much detail, because we're going to talk about this later, who initiated or who started the Escaper Night? <laughs> oh, gosh. That would have to be you, right? You yeah. brought up all the food on the tray. You always do all the little sweet things and make food. Like even last night, you did that for me. It's like, I'm hungry. And she comes up with this whole tray. Of all kinds of different snacks and foods all over it. <laughs> yes. That's so, okay. yeah. I guess Let's not go into detail because I'm going to bring that up later. Okay. Um, I think uh, we'll spend some more time on that. I just wanted to throw a teaser in there. So, okay. Well, let's <clears throat> go ahead and get started into the big questions. So, in a condensed form, if possible, can you give us the version of how you met? Uh, the condensed version? I rode my bike to her house. When he was 13 and I was 12. <laughs> in the middle of winter. It was freezing it was outside. Cold. It was pretty far. Okay, wait. Maybe a little way. less condensed version. <laughs> we okay. went to school together. So, we had the same friends. Uh, I lived, grew up, um, the house that we moved in to, my childhood best friend moved into that house. Oh, well, we became friends once she moved in. But we were best friends. And then she had gone to a different school. Um, and she knew this guy. Or she kind of had a crush on this boy um, named David. And David and him were friends. And so David made Jonathan ride over to our houses to meet the girl Allie and then me and Jonathan like the first night that I saw him I told my mom that I was gonna marry him and um she said Samantha you're crazy do you know how many boys you're gonna meet and then I just knew it I don't know (laughs) but yeah so that's how we met that's so so sweet okay so um from that point on if you can give us a brief overview of your marriage from that point on into well I guess getting to the point of getting married and then your marriage throughout the times until now, number of kids and things like that. So actually, we were just friends for, um, we were actually really close friends. We had a group of, there's five of us, and David was one of the people in the group. Um, and we were all best friends. We did everything together. And we liked each other, and everyone in the group knew that we liked each other. But they were always like, you guys can't date, because if you break up, then it's going to break up the friendship group. Um, so we just secretly liked each other, but we built this really good friendship over the years. And then I actually, I have been married before for a very brief time. Um, but we, I was a teenager. I got pregnant. Um, I was married for a few months. Um, and then, um, it didn't work out and got divorced. And then we just kind of instantly, we're together. It was just kind of like we knew, like I always knew that I was crazy about him and I was being stubborn because I wanted him to confess his feelings because I just felt like, God, I should do that. And then I think he was just more shy. And um, so, yeah. So then once I got married or got divorced, it's like then we both knew and we got together. And then we've been married ever since. <laughs> and obviously just meant to be. All right. So um, if you can move on with... Um, having kids and all of these things along the way and maybe you know to to present day or any hurdles or adjustments or things you've learned along the way 
That's a lot of things wrapped up in one. <laughs> um, so when I got divorced, I was 18, he was 19, and we just kind of instantly got together. Um, and, you know, Landon was has a different biological dad, but they just instantly, Jonathan took to him and just loved him like his own, and he has ever since um, the beginning. And so we were just young parents. We had to work a lot. There was a lot of struggles, like... You know, we neither one of us made hardly any money. Um, and just so the hurdles of trying to, um, like, advance our career without any schooling. I went to culinary school, but that's not, like, an actual degree. Um, so we were just, like, I don't know, just struggling along together. Um, and then we did get married. I was 21 when we got married, and he was 22. Um, right after we got married, we had our son, Nolan. We got pregnant with him, like, I think on the honeymoon, <laughs> like, very close. Um, <clears throat> so, it's always been, like, us and the kids. Um, so, then after we had Nolan, we bought our first house shortly thereafter. He was, or he was one, I guess, when we bought our first house, the current house that we live in. Um, and then, Fast forward to 2016, we got our daughter who is adopted, and um, so she was eight weeks old when we got her, um, and then, yeah, we've just been a family of five ever since then. <laughs> That's so good. <clears throat> okay, so would you mind going a little bit deeper into sharing one specific struggle that you guys have been through and also conquered? Um, okay, so for, I think, one of our biggest struggles, I can honestly say that, like, we don't really fight hardly ever or really argue much, and it's not that I'm saying, like, oh, we're just so perfect. Um, I think that we've always, from before we were even married, we were trying to put God in the center of our marriage and going to marriage conferences before, like, as we are engaged, um, and I think we've always both of us like knew like we wanted a really good marriage and that's always been forefront and um you know there's a lot of things that we've heard in those marriage conferences that really did help us to um not let things like settle things before they get too big and to just address them early on so that that doesn't like fester and grow into this like huge tension between you two um so i think that's why is you know, having God at the center and then using, like, not only just going to those marriage conferences, but, like, listening to what they speak on and using them in our marriage. So, to say all that, I think that we really haven't had a whole lot of struggles, except for we've just been both proactively um, seeking the Lord and putting Him first in our marriage. But the one thing that we kind of was a struggle for us is that, um, when my kids were little and I was babysitting, um, which is kind of vulnerable, but hopefully it helps some women, because I know a lot of women feel like this, is that the end of the night when it was time to have, you know, our time together, quote unquote, um, I often felt touched out or just like overwhelmed from the day. Or a lot of times, um, you know, I my one doctor told me that men have, their brain can compartmentalize um, everything. So it's like work you know, kids, everything has its own compartment. And so when they're in the next compartment, they can just shut off all the other ones. Well, women have spaghetti noodle brains. So like everything flows, everything crosses over. Lord help us. Seriously. Um, And so I think it was just like all the tension and stress and I just couldn't get like in the mood, quote unquote. Um, And that was kind of, you know, our issue um, is that 
I just I think that he felt as though it was like something to do with him or that I didn't like initiate and stuff at in those time periods and then um when he came like to me and said that it was like really like broke my heart because I was like well that's not at all like he actually has nothing to do with it which I know men cannot understand that it's just so hard to understand it's when you're there I'm thinking wow I'm so attracted to you and you're so beautiful and I want you and to just be there but never not I shouldn't say never but sometimes not feel like you're feeling the same way it's hard for I think hard for us to really imagine that it wouldn't that you work differently you know I just have to see you and I feel like that Mm -hmm. well you're seeing me but you don't seem like you want anything to do with me kind of you know not that it was always like that but that's just kind of how it feels. So you might, you don't feel as wanted or like they're attracted to you, like you're attracted to them or, you know, it seems silly, but that's kind of how it feels in the moment. Like, why, why don't you want that? You know? Yeah, definitely. I could. And that makes sense to me, like logically, but then as a woman, it's just like different. Like, it's just like, we have all this stuff going through our brains and it's just, I think, you know, the stress overtakes or the to do's or we're just like so exhausted from the day. Um, and so, but after he said that, it like really hurt, my, not hurt my feelings, but I, it hurt my heart that he felt like that. Cause that was not my intentions at all. And I'm like crazy, madly in love with him. Um, and so then I, um, you know, just was really mind, I think just like being mindful of that, um, has really helped. And that was, you know, a long time ago. And now it's this, you know, completely different. We had to, you know, I feel like it's like totally different now. And really overcome that. But I think it was just one, knowing, and then two, actually, like, just preparing myself and making sure that, like, my mindset was right in the beginning of the day or not letting the kids stress me out too much or just thinking actually as a different, like, flip side of instead of being, like, I don't know, sometimes I think that this sounds really bad, but I think a lot of women struggle with this, like, oh, another person needs something from me. Like when you have little kids needing something from you all the time. What about uh, feeling less attractive during those moments when you're a busy mom? Definitely. I think that was a huge part of it too because I felt like there's a small period of time where I was like in baggy t-shirt and pants and my hair's just a mess and it's like you got baby puke on you and you're you're sleep deprived and like you don't feel attractive at all. And especially when like weight gain after the babies and stuff so that definitely all affects it a hundred percent like a big part of it um especially for me like if I don't feel attractive it's like well why would he want to see me like that um but I think a huge thing that I did was um made sure I got up every day and just got dressed even if it was just like still a good mom outfit or you know practical it's not like I got like crazy dressed up but put some mascara on and some tinted chapstick and you know just made myself like feel cute even if I'm just like running errands even if it's in like yoga pants but like you know there's a difference of like you know sweatpants yoga pants when you feel like slumpy or like oh it's like cute and trendy um So I made myself, you know, get ready and then also working out every day, Monday through Friday. um, I think that definitely helps a lot with multiple things. One, um, you know, losing weight, getting more in shape, but then also it just has, it helps lower your cortisol. It helps with the dopamine. It helps with, you know, all the different, um, not hormones. What am I looking for? Chemicals that are releasing to your brain from that really helps. And then also just the mindset of, um, being prepared for that at night or like 
putting an effort towards that or making special nights um, and, you know, doing stuff like when he gets home, like making sure we get the kids to bed early or, um, you know, different things like that to make sure that he didn't feel that way. So good. Um, I can second that um, with my marriage. Um, You know, something, it, it is a vulnerable thing to share, but I remember having both the boys, they were young at the same time and me being a career woman, I had nothing left at the end of the day. And so I know that part <clears throat> struggled. We struggled in our marriage a little bit at that point. And then fast forward to Sadie's situation. I mean, I had nothing left in me. And I I remember knowing, it's like, I know, you know, even biblically and all of that, like you, you need to have that union together that, you know, that is a very special part and impactful part of your marriage. And I knew that. But yeah, there's so many times where I just, I was at the end of myself, but I could be at the end of myself and I just needed a cuddle or somebody, you know, holding my hand, but that still was something my husband needed. Um, so yeah. And I don't think it's something that the husband just needs because they're excited to do that and it feels good. It's like, and maybe it's not the same for women, but it's definitely a connection. Like if there goes so much time goes by, you Mm -hmm. feel very distant, disconnected, and I don't know what that's equal to for you, for you guys, but that is a big deal. I feel way more one with, with mm-hmm. her, and I feel more in love with her. And as silly as all that sounds, that's, I think God's made, that, made it like that right. for a reason. Yeah. And there's a connection, and that's why it's made for just you and your spouse and how much it really connects your souls. Mm-hmm. And without that, it really made me feel less connected to her altogether, less happy during the whole day and less happy to, to, to go through all the struggles and hard times in the evening with the kids and put them to bed and, and all that. I feel there was just so much more stress without that, without that connection. When you feel really close and connected, everything is easier. Right. Well, and I would say, um, after Sadie's situation, so Sadie was a baby when she was going through cancer. So it was like, that was hard, you know, having a new baby, moving to a new house, a new job. We had all these stressors at the same time, two older kids that were very busy. Um, so Sadie slept in our bed in our room for four years. And I tell you that when she got out of that room, which my sweetest husband ever finally gave me the ultimatum, he basically said, I decided that I'm going to sleep on the couch until Sadie's out of the room. And at first I was like, whoa, 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 kind of offended. But honestly, it was like an honor that he wanted me so much and just wanted me uh, to hit himself and all of that. So we made it happen. And actually the transition was beautiful and amazing. And I can tell you, that when we have had that time to reconnect, it has, you know, even if I'm the one that might feel tired and exhausted, when we have that connection and it's consistent in the way I, I do believe God made it, oh my gosh, our marriage is like at a height right now. And it always has been looking back through the years. We've been married 16 years together, 20. Um, you know, when you do have that, there there is um, something magical that happens to your, to your marriage. Um, can we cue the escaper nights? Because, okay, what, what if you're thinking, okay, how to make this happen? And, and wait, before we go there, too, remember when we had the couples night last year and we talked about, like, what we, we were listening to a message and all the women were talking about what they needed to be heard and seen and valued and all these things. And then we went around the room and we're like, okay, men, like, this, this message was more for women, but for you, how do you need, what do you need to feel loved? And what did they all say? Sex. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. And, and they all did. And, and they all kind of laughed, but actually it was true. And it hit me so hard. I'd been married for almost 16 years at that point, but it was like, there is a separation. Like you said, Jonathan, it is not just to like, go have that moment. It's the connection. It's something so deeper. And that is the way our husband 
feel loved. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. And that kind of hit me hard like, oh, because I want to be cuddled and I want to be thought of or, you know, my hand mm-hmm. held and all these things. But that is actually their need at a highest level. So I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So moving into escaper nights, um, I think that is a really beautiful way to even spice it up. Still, how many mar- years into your marriage? Uh, Twelve. Twelve years. So, okay. So <laughs> we... Um, Started. I don't know why I did that. You said 12 and then put it in front of me. Can <laughs> you say it again? <laughs> okay, so we actually, um, I don't know, I don't even know when it started, but we had a mini fridge um, in our basement. We weren't using it. And then he put an outlet in in our closet and we put the mini fridge in there and we're like, oh, we can put, you know, it'd be nice because we have a two-story. Sometimes you need a bottle of water or whatever. Uh, sometimes you want to like hide stuff from the kids so that they can ration it out or whatever. Um, But so we put it up there. And so then I was at Aldi and I just started getting like little fun food, like the little two cheesecake things that come in um, a package and I'd like stick it in there. And, you know, just whenever I was at the grocery store, I get some fun, yummy snacks, some like charcuterie board type of stuff. And um, then we would decide to, because a lot of times it's hard to get date nights. So if you can't get a sitter or, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't always work out, especially when they're little. It's just hard to get a sitter. So we were starting to be like, hey, early bedtime nights so that we could have a date night so we can get the kids to bed early. Um, And then I'd go in and, you know, make up all the snacks and we would just sit and talk and also, Jonathan made a rule that no clothing is allowed <laughs> or you have to wear something like really cute or I don't know, whatever your husband wants you to wear, something cute or whatever. And um, you just like talk in no screens and I don't know, it just became like really fun. And I mean, who doesn't love cheesecake? Um, I think you missed why you call it the escaper nights. Okay. The escaper nights sounds like such a dumb name. <laughs> But she always made these little tray, this tray full of all kinds of stuff. And I don't even think I even knew what a caper is. But apparently there's these capers in this jar and she makes us all kinds of meat and cheese and different things. And she dropped one of the capers and we were in this super silly mood and laughing about everything already. And I said the dumbest thing ever and was just like, it's an escaper now because we can't find the caper. And then we just thought that was so funny at the time which when you tell that story nobody thinks it's funny um but then that's what made the name and it's still is kind of silly thinking about it now when we call it that out loud in front of people well it kind of works though because you're like escaping life like yep. escaper night like you know so i don't know it kind of works for it so yeah so that's just something that you can do that is just simple and you know don't need a babysitter and we just do it on weeknights usually too um and it just allows us to like connect and have fun together and so outside of escaper nights are you able to get away and do an actual date night and if you do um what is the process of that and what is the cadence so we always take an annual trip for anniversary, which we absolutely love. We go to Herman, um, and we actually go with a group of friends, and that's like a huge thing for us. Um, that's but- like probably the most fun thing in our whole lives. <laughs> I mean, like we love going on like a little family vacation or something like that too. It's just different, you know. We get together with people we really love and know. They're our small group, and and other couples, and they're all there for the there for the same reason, and. I don't know that it's really the place. It's just like what we're doing. It's the people, it's the escape. And 
we think about that trip all year long. You know, it's so much fun. It's a blast. We've added a new couple every year for the four or five years we've been doing it. Eric and Nikki, <laughs> come on. We've run out of rooms in the bed and breakfast, so we might have to think of something else. But that trip is like, if I could pick a date night once a month or that trip, it'd be that trip. You know, that is the most important part of our marriage, our getaway, our date type life that's more important than anything we have a great time we feel very refreshed Mm -hmm. and sometimes that stuff really adds up but and we used to never do it because of that and now i'm like you know what we just make it work we do it cheap if we can we we actually stay outside of herman in a way less expensive place and i don't ever miss it i don't miss the money or whatever i had to do or going and working on the side or whatever it took it's worth it it's 100 percent. and i wish we would have started from year one Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is really good. And it does feel very refreshing when we get home. Um, but we also do try to do, um, even if we don't go out on a date or like go to dinner or anything, we'll try to get like his mom or my mom to keep the kids um, for a night and just like being at home by ourselves with no kids. And whether that's, you know, sometimes we've gone to bed pretty early those nights or, you know, getting sushi or takeout or whatever and just like, or cooking a good meal here. You know, it doesn't have to be like super fancy. Just um, watching a movie. Mm-hmm. There's been times we've done that and we've worked on a project. Mm-hmm. And I think that's fun too. Mm-hmm. With something going on around the house, we just, we can get somebody to watch his kids, whether that's one person that watches all of them or we start sending them their separate ways. This one's going with his friend. This one's going with his grandma and so on. And then we get a project done, but we have fun while we're doing it. It's still a date to us. And I think really um, having a morning with no kids in the house and just being able to like lay in bed, be leisurely and like just focus on you two and not um, have like, mom, I need this. I'm hungry. Da, da, da. You know, getting pulled in. I think that morning part is really a really was, good reset. It's true. I, well, you never think about the morning. So dropping your kids off at a babysitter, going on a date night and going back and getting them is not even close to the same. Not only do you not have the whole night to, until you fall asleep, but then the next morning is huge. Being able to lay there really lazy and, you know, figure out who's going to go make the coffee <laughs> and then <Yeah. laughs> deliver it to the bedroom um, and just sit there and have time. to. And that kind of starts more intimate talking and you just feel relaxed and there's not a kid asking, telling you that they're hungry and, and all that. So, yeah. Nice. And then I think, too, um, so... On top of those, we try to every night make sure that the kids get into bed by a specific time. Our boys are old enough that we just are kind of like you guys like, hey, as long as you're getting up for school and we don't have to wake you up, I don't care what time you go to bed. But they both actually, well, I guess our teenager now tends to stay up later, which he struggles to get out of bed, but different story. But, um, you know, they're, they're good on their own. So we'll like tuck them all in or whatever, pray over them. And then, um, but make sure that every night that we have at least an hour or two, um, you know, hour hour and a half to ourselves that we can either watch a show or just like talk or like, that's like our, our time. And it's actually like one of my favorite parts of the day is like, I'm like, okay, bedtime, uh, which I love my kids to death, but just having that time with my husband when we've been apart all day and just like connecting each night, we're pretty good at that now. Even if it's just 30 minutes, it's the it's the daily. It's not so much about getting that once a month date night or the once a week. It's some part of your day every single day that you spend together without any other distractions. So good. Um, can we pivot a little bit on, uh, you know, the saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. Show me the couples that you're hanging out with, I'll show you your future. 
Eric and I's marriage changed because of a, a couples group that we were in years, probably two years into our marriage. Um, can you explain, I know you guys are a part of a group, and do you think that has benefited your marriage? I think 100%. We have, we are friends with other couples that have the same values and beliefs, and we spend time together in our small groups once a week. We try to, life's busy, it doesn't always happen like that, but we we see each other at church. We try to we sit by each other in church, and just having that same common things we do in life together. Um, it's funny because our group of friends, you know, range and the ages range 30 years plus maybe, um, around 30 years, I think. And we have, you know, a, a really young couple and a couple that technically could be our parents, um, and another couple around our age in there. And it, it makes a really awesome dynamic and it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have to just be people your age with your same age kids and, and all that. I think it's about common, you know, values and, your marriages, all of us have such an important, that's such an important part of our life is our marriage. And we love like learning from each other and being vulnerable and talking about the argument we had on the way over or, or whatever that is and working through that all together as a group. It's, it's huge. Yeah, we've had several nights where it seems like each couple takes their turn where it's like we we're there to do small group, but actually a couple starts you know, there's some tension or they've had a fight and it's they're like the wife's usually crying because the guys usually don't cry, but the wife's in tears and they're hashing it out. And then our group has um, established that like, hey, you know, sometimes we'll be like, hey, I think you're being a little harsh in this area or vice versa and kind of helps the other partner to try to see the other side and just kind of like works it out with them. And it's actually like, so helpful and such a awesome thing to have that where you can just be so vulnerable and not feel uncomfortable or like awkward or like you have to hide it kind of like how we always talk about you know the friends that come over and they're like oh my house is such a mess don't look but really they've been cleaning for hours same with the marriage like you need friends that are real and raw that are um real and raw and open about the problems that they have with their marriage so we have had that we've had like it's like, oh, it's this group's therapy session tonight, you know, and it's like awesome. And we all love on each other and then we pray and, you know. I think what's huge is I feel like we build off each other. And I never really thought about it until this moment. But when I see how much my friend is like loving his wife, it just kind of, it's almost like it reminds you or makes you want to be like that, you know, not that you aren't already, but you're like, you, then I love my wife like that too. And I think so on. And it all just kind of goes around that circle of our group of friends and how we treat each other. Kind of when you watch the other group, whether it's something that maybe you didn't like how they did or something you did like, both those things you're learning from. Okay, let's jump into communication. Um, one thing I've witnessed with you all over the years is how much you guys communicate when you're not together. So say Jonathan's at work, Samantha's at the gym or whatnot. I know you guys stay in touch all day and I think it's such a sweet thing. So can you um, talk about just your communication with each other and how to stay connected all day? (laughs) So every time I have a chance, I'm kind of calling Samantha because I jump in my truck a lot and run to different job sites and my job and all that. But honestly, like if you talk to some other people, like my mom, she'd say we don't communicate at all (laughs) because I think that we communicate as far as we speak to each other a lot we may not communicate about the things that are most important we just like to talk to each other but if uh tomorrow we're packing up and 
going out of state i'll probably find out tonight you know (laughs) (laughs) no but he'll i guess call like his mom will like you guys never communicate but it's funny because we are in contact all the time but i guess she'll like tell him something random in the morning and he's like didn't she's like didn't jonathan tell you blah 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 it's like no, he didn't tell me that yet or whatever. Um, but, you know, life's busy and crazy. And it's usually like when we're talking on the phone, it's like, oh, hey, I got, I don't know, this or this with the kids. And so it's like. Or it's just nothing. I think we struggle sometimes in the area of communicating the important things. That might be one of our things we can work on, but we don't struggle just talking. Mm-hmm. So we talk and we're just kind of talking about whatever, like nothing that's even important. But I feel like as soon as I have a second in my life, I, that's what I want to do. I want to call, what are you doing right now? You know, just talking to her, just to talk to her. So. And we text each other. It's kind of ridiculous, ridiculous because, (laughs) um, because every day, like if you looked through our text messages, literally every day, someone sends to the other person like, Oh my gosh, I miss you so much. Like, I wish you were here. What are you doing? Whatever. But I think like keeping the flirty vibe, like kind of like when you're dating, you know, when you can't and trying to make sure your sons might, might not see some of them. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You got to delete them. (laughs) Yeah. The flirting thing, at least for me, is huge. I love like enjoying that, like fun stuff that, I think people don't think you need to do in your marriage anymore and the stuff you say and the stuff you text about and just things while you're just in the house together, kind of flirting around with each other and her picking up on it and playing along is fun compared to, I feel like it's pretty common for the guy to maybe do something a little goofier, flirty, and maybe the wife's a little more annoyed because she's doing something important and she's really good about just picking up on that and playing along. And that's, that's big for me. I don't know if that's big like that for everybody else, but yeah, the text messaging is, is fun. And it seems silly if you looked at our text messages, cause we see each other every day, but especially Mondays and we're together the whole weekend. Then Monday comes along. It's like, we're both like, I miss you so much. Okay. Share a couple screenshots of your messages. If you don't mind, I think that'd be cute to show. Oh gosh. You can, you can choose. It's fine. I will say, um, you guys had, have made an impression on me because I know, um, Eric will be at work and, and I'm with Samantha all day and you guys will talk like four times and Eric and I maybe talked once and I, I kind of recognized something I was doing that I wasn't, had no bad intentions of, but obviously I think seeing it modeled, I'm, I'm being more aware of it, but I know sometimes I'll be like, why don't you ever call me or text me more? And then the minute he calls me, I'll be like, I'm busy. What? (laughs) And it's so sad because I like, I love him to death and I want him like I want him next to me all day long and I want to talk to him and then I'll do things like that because the way my mind works and, and whatever, if I'm deep into something, but I need to learn to pause. And if I'm like begging him, like, Hey, let's communicate more. I need to actually be better about communicating and being receptive and, and all those things or stop what I'm doing and put him first. So ladies out there, if, if you're like, why is my husband not contacting me throughout the day? Well, are you being pleasant back to him? Perhaps you're not. So anyways, that's something that um, I've, I think I've learned and I picked up from you too. And I think it's such a sweet thing. Yeah, I know how that feels. I mean, I don't think it's ever purposeful, but there's sometimes when I call and it's for nothing and she's doing something important. So it's kind of like, okay. And like, I know what okay means, you know, and I'm like, really? Okay. Okay. I guess. All right. Bye. I mean, cause it's just like, you're talking and then she's like, okay. Or all right. And what does that mean? Like, all right, we're getting off the phone now. <laughs> I'm like, I was just still, I still have like five minutes left in my drive. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's like, you know, I don't know, like my hands are full or whatever, but I try to be really, um, aware and I think that I was in a group with women um, a small group 
and they were not our small group, but a different one with just, um, just women Bible study. And they were talking about how like, I don't know, someone had mentioned like, oh my gosh, my husband always wants to just like make out in the middle of dinner or whatever. And then she was like, kind of like annoyed and I get it. Like, you know, sometimes as moms, it's like you're doing a million things and then you're, you know, when the husband comes up and he's like rubbing all over you and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to burn the dinner. Like I have this to do or whatever, but it kind of like got my thought thinking or my, my thought thinking, got my mind thinking like all women want that romantic movie. You know, obviously they make movies like that, that like love, whatever, like crazy about you. But like, how do you get that? It doesn't just happen. You create that in the small moments. And so, um, and I just like was thinking about it. I'm like, okay, well, if I'm acting annoyed or like I don't have time for it or frustrated like how is it ever going to create that feeling or if you feel uh, ugly or bad breath or you haven't showered um Jonathan does that turn you off or does it not no (laughs) (laughs) I'm not thinking about that at all it it turns me off when it's like you're she's pulling away or not wanting it way more than what the reason she's doing it for is so good so I know you both went to Guatemala this past year and it made a huge impact on you two and and maybe your marriage. Um, Would you like to share your experience and how that impacted you both? Um, Yeah, so we've been going to Guatemala for, I don't know how long, but we've been multiple times um, and we both love it so much. Um, We help out at an orphanage there um, and then we've now... We're on the vision team at church, and so we've gone into some different parts of it. Um, Land of Hope, which is a dump um, where, like, 400 people live in the dump, like, literally in the trash mound. It's a mountain of trash, and they literally live in it. But um, I think it's something um, going together and just being on mission for God has, yeah, I think it definitely has drawn us closer together because it's something that, it's something that like, we only share like none of our friends or family have really been there obviously we go on mission trips with other people and so we have that connection with other people in our church um but just seeing that you know together and having that passion together I think is beautiful I think doing everything together as a couple is pretty important I know there's a lot of times on those mission trips there's you know either the husband or just the wife or just one of them um but I feel like I'm so glad that we've just always gone together because it's grown our heart for that in such a way and we get to experience that and going to a third world country is a life-changing experience um it's really like for me it just flipped my world upside down like coming back and just the reality of like how we live here versus there. Um, but being able to like feel that together, have those connections with all the kids together, um, and to have that connection with God, we feel like it grows our, um, relationship with God. So I can't imagine going through something like so big like that. And that's so impactful to your life. Um, and just one of you experiencing it. So once, once we got back from the last trip that we went on, um, we were like, wanting to um, have our own 501c, um, to have our own charity or funding that we could do whatever we felt led, like through God to help with people um, overseas and locally. So, you know, whether that's like, I don't know, it just like inspired us to want to step up and to take action and not just sit around. It's like, we got back from that and we're like, oh my gosh, it's so heartbreaking. It's so devastating. Like, what can we do? And it's like, okay, well, we have to do something. We can't just like sit here and just say like, oh yeah, that was life changing. But then never actually take action on that. And even um, going just one time a year is you just, you can only do so much. 
and you spend so much time traveling there and so much time doing this and that and traveling home that really what you the impact that you leave you know it, i'm sure it's huge in some ways but i i personally feel like it's so minimal so i feel like you really can't do what you want to do without money so we felt like if we started this that maybe we could find some really big companies that donate anyway and they could donate to this and things like that to help get us there more because it's expensive and to help when we're down there and we see a need that we could just cover it that was our biggest thing is it was like wow if we could just give them what they're asking for right now give them what they're showing us we need because the last trip we went down there was to find out what we could do to help and it's like right then i just wanted to do it and you couldn't um so that's the biggest reason and honestly just going on mission wherever it is, whether locally or it's just something that opens your eyes up and really humbles you and shows you how much of this world is, is not like the life we have. And it's really sad. And we could tell you about crazy, sad things. And honestly, we gave up going on a family vacation many years and I felt like it was unfair to the kids, but I think it's leaving an impact that the kids see what we're doing and it's hopefully changing others' lives. It's definitely changing ours. Um, but that's hard for some people to do. And I'd say like, if it's based on time, you can get off work and money. That was one of the things we were, we did to allow ourselves to go was skip out on something that was important to us to allow for us to go do it. And even if that's not every year, but you do it once or you do it every other year, I think it's something that's huge, especially if you can take your kids. That's what, that's what we want to do one day. I remember seeing a post on Facebook from Samantha um, maybe when they were still there or just getting back. And I knew I texted her right then and there. I, I was like, what are you guys going to do? I know you're going to do something. I just feel it. And sure enough, they, they, they were, and they did, they have uh, started something. So such a beautiful thing. Um, you talked about foregoing family vacations and modeling, um, what's important in life and, uh, you know, what God has you guys on mission for, uh, for your children. So let's jump over to parenting. Um, what do you think, um, makes a good marriage for parenting or what are s- tips or s- tricks that you guys have done together to uh, par- parent in unity? Yeah, I think parenting is our hardest struggle. <laughs> I definitely don't know how to be a parent. I'm realizing that more and more every day. I have no idea what I'm doing, especially when teenage years hit. I'm lost. No, I think that at least we are on the same page. Um we once heard in a conference, like, the best thing you can do as a parent for your kids is to show them what a good marriage looks like. Um, so I feel like we've knocked that one out of the park. Um, but the other stuff, it is hard. It is hard when, um, you know, you have kids that are acting out and your emotions get involved in to remain in cool cool calm and collective um but then also wanting to be a biblical parent I don't know there's just a lot to it um but I think one thing is that we learned early on is that we have to be one front um and so if we disagree with the person we're not going to openly do that in front of the kids like we try try our hardest we're not always perfect at it um but try our hardest to be like hey like pull each other aside or go in our room and talk and be like I think you're a little too hard on this area or um you know, whatever it is, though, I think we should handle it like this, actually, instead. So we try to remain that unity front to the kids. Um, even if we disagree, we try to do it um, behind closed doors where they can't hear. And then also something that we've learned is, you know, parenting can get kind of heated. Or if like one of us feels that the other person is kind of, you know, in their emotions too much or might be like, 
getting heated or worked up would kind of just like grab the other person kind of like a love tap like hey like a nudge to let them know like hey and then that's to a reminder to be like okay let me take five seconds to cool off and to handle this differently or whatever I think one of the things that I've realized is or kind of think one of the things I believed when we just had one kid was that there was an easy there was just some certain way that you could parent you could go learn or read a book and this would work and after having three kids and they're so different I'm realizing that the judgment that I had on other people when I saw a kid in the store or whatever is was so wrong because it didn't you know something I might have found that worked with with my first kid or whatever didn't work at all with the next one and there might not be something that works with some kids. You know, it's just, it's so hard to figure out how to deal with each kid and it's all, it's different. So that's like one of the hardest things about being a parent. Mm -hmm. There's no just book on it, even though there's so many books on it. (laughs) So moving over back over to marriage, are there any resources um, you have uh, books, podcasts, anything that have ministered to you or helped your marriage or your parenting? So one of our favorite books, it's called For Women Only, and then there's a guy's version, For Men Only, and it's by Shanti Fieldhan, Han, Shanti Fieldhan, um, and her husband. And um, we we actually read both of them. So I started with the For Only Women, um, For Women Only, I mean, and I was just really like it was just really eye opening on how men think um, and their brains and. Also, these, I will say, are a biblical-based book, so that is always good. That's what we try to look for if we're going to go to anything for marriage advice or for parenting advice. We always want it to be biblically-based, but I think both of these books for us had the most profound impact of just learning how the other one thought, Um, and I know that when Jonathan came home after he had listened to the men's version, he was just like so much... Like, I don't know, he just had, like, so much compassion, and he was just like, I'm so sorry. I, I don't even feel like he did anything bad, but he just, like, felt like he had this, like, mind shift, and he's like, I understand now, like, how you think, and, like, I never want you to feel this way, and then, like, we had a really good night where we just, like, talked about so much stuff, so it just opened the door for a lot of communication, and... I feel um, like the four women only, when you read it, really hit hard in some areas for you. Mm-hmm. There were some areas you struggled with kind of learning about men so kind of get ready for that if you're going to read it as women out there I think maybe it's not the same for all of you but there was some stuff you were kind of upset about uh yeah can you if you guys can think on your feet is there like one or two things that like hit home for you or hit harder with those books for me um it was just like the way that the man's brain thinks and like how it is like a lot of it is you know there's a lot of chapters in here on sex and just the way that guys are visual and just how they process things and um you know not um shaming them for how God created them because God did create them that way and so a lot of women will be like oh that's disgusting or like why do they always think like that or like you know accusing them instead of just saying like hey God created them and this is how he made men and you know that's a good thing for us and like we need both parts because the man and woman make together is like God in unity you know so it's like it's the yin and the yang the half and half and so instead of like arguing or being annoyed with how the other gender is created we just are should 
more accept it and be like, okay, good. This is how God made him and that's going to benefit me and to just like view it from that standpoint. I think it's funny how long you can live together and be married and have no idea how the other one thinks. <laughs> so this book, these, so we've done quite a few different ones of these. These are the ones where they did a lot of uh, surveying, right? Mm-hmm. So they survey so many women for the one and so many men for the other. So this is like real life. You know, it's what people really think. It's it's not just what the author feels or thinks. Um, they kind of put together all their all the things that they find and make a just a basic overall feeling of men or overall feeling of women. And it it's varies slightly for person from person to person, but overall it's pretty much right on. So it's huge when I realize like, wow, we're married for this long and I have no idea this is how you feel about stuff or to understand now I get what she was feeling when I did this or that, you know, it makes, it makes a huge difference. Do you have any, um, top tips or best practices of things that, um, you would share to those that are looking for a better marriage, something that's impacted you? I think for me, I, I actually did a women's um, Bible study and they had talked about, um, you know, if your husband's doing something that annoys you or vice versa, like really that's a you problem because they're just living their life. And the fact that it annoys you is the fact that like, I don't know, it's like internally. And so, and it also talked about like just cleaning up your side of the road. So like if you have a fight, like try to be the first person to apologize Um, which I thought that was really profound. So I started after that, I was like, wow, that's really good. Like instead of like looking so much as fault on your spouse, when they do something that triggers you or pokes a nerve or whatever, um, I tried to be like, okay, well, why did that upset me so much? Or, you know, and try to look at it from like my standpoint of what could I have done better? How could I have handled that? How could I have said this better? Or, you know, and so instead of focusing on the other person, um, I focus on myself. And then also, I think we're both really good at just like giving the other person grace. Like, if I say like, hey, I'm so sorry, I was crabby or whatever the case is, you know, it's never like this it's always accept it and like, that's okay. I could have done this better too. Um, so I think having a lot of grace and then, um, looking to yourself instead of always looking to your husband for their faults. So there's a couple things I want to share that I've heard. And I think the first one was from a marriage conference we went to before, uh, before we were even married. And it was basically, if you're not working on your marriage, you're working on your divorce. There's no in between. You really just can't be just on a level stagnant and something something's going to happen it's either going to be getting worse or going to get better um and another thing that i really can't remember where i got it from where i heard somebody say you know people always have this you know you each put in you know 50 50 you're each given half to create this marriage and this life and they said that's not true you're you're each supposed to give 100 Mm percent and so that means when the other one's not doing what you think they should be doing you're giving 100 percent anyway and that definitely like breeds the other one to to do you might not be right away but to do the same and no matter what you know i promised and i made vows and i'm going to give 100 percent even when it seems like she's given nothing not that that's something that i see in our marriage but you know, somebody's having a bad day or whatever's going on, she's always going to give a hundred when she can. And I'm going to give a hundred when I can. And I think that makes a huge difference because people live on this, this belief that if they're not doing what they should be doing or what you think they should be doing, then you don't have to be trying either. And all that does is just make it so much worse, you know? 
Yeah, I think having uh, the mindset of like, hey, we're a team and we're working together. Um, and also the mindset of like, if you both really want a good marriage, okay, well, what does that look like? Like, what does that take? It's kind of like being fit and healthy. It's like a lot of people want to be fit and healthy, but then when it comes down to putting in for the workouts or eating right, um, you know, that's a lot harder than just saying, oh, I want to be this. And so it's the same with marriage. You got to put in the the things that are going to invest into your marriage. Um, you know, there can be deposits from your marriage. There can be negative things that happen, but you have to make sure that there's more positive um, deposits in there or withdrawals, I'm sorry, there can be negative withdrawals, um, but you have to make sure you have more positive um, deposits in there so that the, there's enough love in the tank to withstand the withdrawals. Um, and so I think it's just like, literally we think this one thing's going to change our marriage or whatever, but it's really just the day-to-day. Um, I once heard a guy that said, you know, vacation is not the pinnacle of your life. It's like, the best parts of your life is like, what does your Wednesday look like? What does it look like when you get home from work and your how does your wife greet you? Like that is your life. You know, we live for these vacations or for these few little moments or whatever. But if you look at the grand scheme of life, like your good marriage is going to come from your every single day. And so I think, um, so ever since I saw that, I was like, I greet, we like greet each other kind of ridiculous and silly when we, you know, when he gets home, I like, jump on them or whatever and just try to play silly and I have the mindset of like just make every moment like good like what can I do in this moment to just enjoy it and to pause and you know even like if life's crazy and going nuts like how can I invest into him or invest into our marriage and I think when you switch that mindset of like this one thing or overall I don't know this whole thing of like a good marriage and just think of like okay how can I be a good wife today how can I be a good husband today how can we have a good marriage today um is when it's gonna change because that's what it takes it's just like that daily consistent of being there for each other and thinking of each other and knowing that you're on the same team and like not he's not my enemy you know I think a lot of times it's like well he did this and da 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 and like I get it there's can be a lot of hurt in marriages but I think when you're you have that mindset it separates you so you have to like remind yourselves that you're one team um our video went out so i'm going youtube oh. live sorry guys oh, no. <laughs> you're on the spot okay <laughs> we're doing our podcasting you guys are really gonna like this podcast okay um let's jump over to um you know the common phrase put your spouse first what do you think when you hear that I think that my wife does an amazing job at this and I kind of wish I could think of more examples of how I do, but I think that she's always thinking about what I'm doing. I, I somewhat often do side jobs, things like that. And she's always like ready for me when I get home. Like she's made me a really good meal or, you know, she's got my plate ready or she's got, you know, there's been times she's had like a bath ready with snacks and just different things because she knows I'm tired and so on. She's always thinking about that. So she's always putting me first. Okay, so I feel like a terrible wife now. Very <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I feel guilty. But okay. we're hearing the... Samantha makes me food when I'm hungry, like Stop in the it. middle of the night. <laughs> like she's Stop just it. like way over the top. I can't even imagine like being able to like, I'm just like, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing it. I don't, I don't even want to do it for myself. And she's like up doing it. So that's, that's just one thing that makes me feel so loved. Did she always do that? Or how did you know to do that? Was that modeled for you? 
Um, I think I've pretty much done it our whole marriage. Um, my mom was always very servant. So like she would make everyone's plates and, you know, if you needed anything, she'd always get up and get this stuff for you. Um, so I definitely think that I learned it from that. Um, but clearly a way to a man's heart is through his stomach. He's talked about food a lot. (laughs) Um, No, but I just, but I do love cooking. And so that's the one way I feel like I can love on people is like I can make them something yummy or like, you know, that is my specialty. I went to culinary school. Um, so I do love that. So I just kind of like, I don't know, just, I guess, use that in making people happy. I just feel like food always makes everything better. I mean, it's not just food, though. I don't I can't think of great examples, but it's like you think of what what would I do daily when I get home? And if there's something that you could cover because I was working late, you do it. And it's always she's always thinking about things like that to where I have nothing else that I need to do because I'm already tapped out. You know, that's she's always got that on her mind. I feel like he does the same thing, though, like even though he'll say like he doesn't, I feel like you're very aware and very sweet and, you know, <clears throat> especially with your words or like, af- like you affirm me a lot. And I feel like that's like something that I need is like words of affirmation. Um, and so you're really good at that. Um, but yeah, I think that if you think about your spouse before you think about you, that I mean, that really does like flow into like you can't do that for someone consistently and then them not do it back to you I mean maybe I'm sure there's like a few people like you don't know my husband (laughs) but for the most part I feel like once you start just loving on someone like how Jesus loves on us like with a bunch of grace and just like overflowing them with love you're gonna receive that back and so Um, but also I think it is important in a marriage to make sure that the kids, like my husband is first in the marriage and I know that's really hard for a lot of women, especially, um, because you know, there are babies and we love them so much and you know, it's, it's easy for us to put the kids first, um, because they need us and they're so little and cute and, and I get it. Um, but I think that that is a big mistake in marriages that, you know, you need to be a grounded front together and then it's the kids you know god spouse kids um and one thing that i say is to moms like don't start the habit of sleeping with your babies um i know but sadie's situation is definitely unique like she had cancer that's very different um it's different if your kid is very sick or you have like a special circumstances there are times when that is necessary but in just general everything's healthy circumstance, you know, put the baby in the crib. I know it's hard and, you know, it is, it breaks our heart sometimes. And as moms, like we want to do that so much, but I think that the marriage bed is sacred and that's something that, you know, it should just be you two. And I think a lot of marriages get lost because there's four kids in between them and how are you even going to connect? And also moms, like we need a break. You've been with your kids all day if you're a stay-at-home mom or, Some might do it because they work and they haven't seen their kids, but like that is you and your husband's time. And I just think it's important and for you to refresh too, because if the kids are in the bed, you know, you can't watch a show. You can't unwind or relax if that's happening. Let's jump over to say um, there's a couple or a husband and wife and they never had a good marriage um, example or modeled to them. Or say there is a woman out there that keeps going after the wrong men. I know this is like a hard question to answer. 
Um, what would be, how would they know the difference between a good spouse or a bad spouse? If they just, you know, I just think of that woman that can, you know, maybe she had an abusive dad or never had a dad in the picture. And then all of a sudden she continually is going for the wrong men. And I know this is a little bit off topic, but I think it's important because how would they know what a good man is supposed to be and do and, and all of those things they should look for. So what would you say to that? I think that it's the feeling that you get when that, when you're with that person is like, if you feel safe and protected and loved, I think that is, um, a very good sign. Um, I can look back in like when we were younger, I didn't always make the best choices with dating as a teenager. Um, but Jonathan, he was someone that I felt safe with as a teenager. Um, and he just made me feel really comfortable. I think that if there's any signs of control, Outlash, anger, obviously those are red flags. Um, If there's any signs of cheating at all or like you feel like you're struggling, like get out of that early because all those things I just feel like are um, red flags and, you know, that's going to be really hard to navigate through your marriage. Also, I think having, seeing if he really truly has a heart for Christ and if he's seeking him, like is he going to be able to lead you? Um, you do not want a guy that is spiritually below you or like you feel like you're always pulling to church or always trying to get them to do this or do that or like you're leading. Like I think that's a huge sign. If you are the female and feel like you're leading the relationship, then, you know, he's he's got to – I think it all, really all comes down to having hearts for Christ and a man that has a heart for God and that loves God and wants to please God um, because we can – you can be the best wife ever and try to fix someone and all that, but truly God's the only one that can move someone's heart and God's the only one that can truly have someone to change. And um, when he's submitted to the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit's going to guide him in a lot of things and vice versa. Yeah, I think that you kind of just took that from me. That's the (laughs) biggest thing of all is does he have a heart for God? Um you know, I would think when we met as teenagers, it's not something you could even have seen necessarily in me. But before we were married, for sure, we kind of found the Lord. Not that, I, you know, I always believed in him and as a child, but didn't really have a relationship with him. But the fact that we were able to do that together and see that before we were married was huge. And if I think as humans, you know, we are all built to love God. And that's something that's in our hearts, just as part of our nature. And if that person that you're you know, looking at spending the rest of your life with can't even love the Lord that we're made to love. How can they love you? And if they love God, we know they can be made better every single day. I think that's one huge thing about having a relationship with God is that you're going to make, you're going to become better and better. And without that, I feel like you may just be who you are. And I don't, you know, you never know, but I definitely think that everybody I know in my life that loves God is bettering themselves day by day and they care and they're and they're and that's not just happening by their own choice it's by the Holy Spirit. Well, God has a beautiful playbook in his word, but also I know there's so many people um I've even been watching these Muslim testimonial or sorry, Islam uh, to Christianity testimonials. And it's like, they're like, for the first time ever, I, I felt and knew what love was and, and all of these things. So I think 
if you have the playbook of what a godly marriage should be and should be strived for, which nobody's going to hit it perfectly, but it's so beautiful to have you, your significant other, and God on the same team. Um, I know many women that have that I've spoken with that don't have a believing husband really do struggle. So that is one big thing for sure. And I know of a close friend, and I've seen women over the years that um, they're dating these men um, that I, f- I feel like to me is a super obvious bright red flag. But yet to them, they're shocked when he turns out he was, you know, seeing a couple other women or doing all these things. So ladies, is he wanting to spend time with you is he when he gets off work is he texting you right away if he's not you know if he's seen you on the weekend or on friday nights only and making up excuses um i I think maybe in your heart of hearts you know but there's there's things to look out for like if if he truly is for you and wants you you will know that and then are you looking in the right places for men you know are you i tell you that um my husband and i's marriage uh, was transformed completely due to a couple's group so it was god and um, so where are you looking for the right man, too? So anyways, I just wanted to um, sneak that one in there. I think that's very important. And um, there is a good man out there for you if you haven't found the right one. Uh, maybe you're, you've been looking in the wrong places, and that's okay. Start tomorrow. But first pray, Lord, I know he's out there, and I will be patient, which is the hardest part. But pray for him. Pray for him one time, and then thank God every day until he's with you. Um, so... On that note, do you guys have any final words or anything we didn't cover that you think would be important to share? Um, <laughs> I let me see. I think uh, one. This is a small tidbit, but um, I know a lot of couples will like separate in the evenings, and like one goes into this room and watches a show, and then the other one does this. We don't ever do that. We just are trying to always be together and to find a show like that we both like. Um, or like if we have a hobby or go and do something like, I don't know, we always try to go together. And I know that sometimes you might, you know, sometimes it's okay to have a break from your husband, but I feel like that builds your relationship and strengthens it when you're like doing hobbies or doing stuff together instead of like living these separate lives and like this one's going to this and this one's going off to this, like find something that you enjoy doing together so that you can spend time and invest, you know, cause that's truly how you build your relationship again it comes down to that daily right i don't know if it's already like this how to tell you how to fix it but it just sounds so sad to me that a lot of marriages the that person's favorite thing to do is something that they don't do with their spouse you know there's so many situations i see like that and it's like i I, I can't give you advice on how to change that but there's no way that my favorite thing to do is ever going to be something that doesn't involve my wife and that might just come with you know, time and building that type of relationship together. But I have no desire to do things without her, which is perfectly fine. It's healthy to do things without your spouse. But just the fact that I see so much of that just really surprises me. Yeah, there is a lot of that. And I think, you know, doing fun stuff together, whether, you know, I don't know, I love antiquing and he'll be a trooper and he'll go with me. But I think like when we do that stuff, it's like we always have fun together even if it's yeah. like not the other person's cup of tea, but like we can get lunch or whatever. And then it's like, surprisingly we like, we end up liking the other thing or whatever. So, um, yeah, just, just don't be so stuck in like, I don't like this or I don't want to do this. And if the, your spouse wants to do it, be like, okay, well we can make it fun. You can make anything fun. Yeah. Maybe the best way come to 
solve that problem is not to get rid of your hobby, but to find a way to do it together, at least sometimes, you know, it might be something you want to do with the guys too, without your wives. And that's fine, but invite her sometimes or the wife show interest to maybe go try it. And there's just going to be some things that you both just don't like, and that's fine. But I hope that's not your most favorite thing to do. (laughs) Well, thank you so very much for sharing um, your marriage experience and the tips to your great marriage. I know something that, um, which is consistent throughout is make it fun. Remember why you guys fell in love in the first place and keep that spark up, keep that flirting up and go out of your way for each other. And like you said, Samantha, except for rare cases, if you are going out of your way and putting your husband first, he's going to notice and then he's going to likely give it back to you too. So definitely. Yes. I think first and foremost, God at the center, um, but just keep it fun. Like life's, not that serious. None of us are getting out with our teeth. Like, you know, like none of us are getting out alive. We're all going to lose our teeth. Like smile while you can. Um, and just have fun and be flirting and like just a lot of grace. I think a lot of times we can hold on to grudges, but, um, when we just have that grace and we just brush it off, it makes it way easier. And if you think your marriage is too far gone, it isn't start tomorrow, start right now, do something. So we hope this message has encouraged you. Um, we have some very exciting podcasts coming up in the future. Um, but if it has encouraged you, um, please share to others that you think might benefit as well as let us know, let us know what you think. So thank you mamas for taking your time to listen to us again today. And we hope you have a good day. And Nikki, what are you having for dinner? (laughs) Crap. No, I know we are having, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately, uh, we're having, um, spaghetti with your deer meat and Mm. homemade tomato sauce my husband's probably gonna cook it though thank you husband (laughs) what about you i don't know we have like no food i gotta like go make something up we do have ahi tuna steaks though and i I feel like you're such a jerk right now you're like we have nothing but you know we have prime rib that i just (laughs) throw on for you and after i'm gonna you know what i'm gonna get my heels on (laughs) no no literally (laughs) i have two ahi tuna sticks that's the only meat that i have in the whole house like if you went and looked in the out like where when i just take that take it right in there and go look i know after the podcast i know i like literally let my groceries get down to like nothing (laughs) well it forces her to like create these meals out of nothing which is kind of nice for the grocery budget that's out through the roof right now (laughs) yeah it makes you use up everything so i gotta go make something i can't do it i used to be annoyed by running out of everything and i'm like you know what this works out really well we have to go like two or three days with nothing (laughs) and just figure out i still feed them it really like helps with the grocery bill and it helps use stuff we normally wouldn't use and somehow it turns out great every time and she yeah she does a great job except sometimes salads but that's okay listen (laughs) those are my fault parsley right yes yes the grocery store pickup gave me the wrong thing (laughs) you don't remember that jonathan no yeah you don't remember remember when i made this awesome it looked amazing the salad and i was supposed to have like cilantro and i chopped it up but it was flat leaf parsley but we tried it and we were both like i could tell by your face you were like you're like this is the first thing ever that i didn't like (laughs) it's like so gross and we're like i'm like oh man it looks so good See you next time, mamas. Thanks for listening to another Align Mama podcast. We hope you found value in today's topic. For more mama resources, go to alignedmamas.com, follow us on social, and join our Aligned Mamas community Facebook group to connect with other moms just like you. 
We'd like to hear from you. Have a podcast topic? Want to get in touch with us? Want to share your story as a guest? Email us at alignedmamas at gmail.com. See you next time. I can see through my feelings now. I can see Mind. And the secret is to shut my eyes, to shut my